Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can material objects be moved by non-material means? How does that work? Is there a dark side? Hey there, and welcome to Behind the Paranormal. This is the uh, 533rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those rock-solid questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And if you want to call in this evening, the numbers are 401-766-1240, or from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. Dr. Joseph Gallenberger is a clinical psychologist with 30 years' experience as a therapist. In 1992, he began to investigate psychokinesis, otherwise known as PK, the ability to influence matter through non-physical means. After achieving powerful results at a university laboratory and enhancing his methods, Dr. Gallenberger began to talk, I should say, teach this skill to groups. Today he is a, quote, senior facilitator at the Monroe Institute in Virginia, a place where people study and seek to develop human consciousness. Dr. Gallenberg, Gallen, excuse me, <clears throat> Gallenberger's latest book is Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health. His two websites, Sync Creation, that's S-Y-N-C, creation.com, and innervegas.com, Vegas as in Las Vegas. Alrighty, so Dr. Uh, Joe Gallenberger, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing this evening? Uh, not too bad than for, yeah. for a Monday. It's yeah, going, going, yeah, going exactly. pretty well. Yeah, right. I, I, like, I, I like how we both oddly said we're good. Alrighty, so we're going to uh, kick, kick this right off with, uh, well, let, let, let's, let's talk about what psychokinesis is. Can you give us a uh, definition of it really quickly? Sure. Uh, psychokinesis is, uh, means the same thing as telekinesis, as you right. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and it's, a lot of people say it's the ability to affect matter with your mind. I uh, think really it's more uh, the mind sets the intent and then our energy uh, affects physical matter reality. So it can result in things like uh, in the laboratory controlling random number generators, uh, doing things like bending metal or plastic with your mind, uh, lighting light bulbs without plugging them into the wall, growing seeds in five minutes in your hand, uh, and affecting dice and slot machines. Well, in the lab, I've never seen anybody move anything any bigger than a pencil. Uh, Yet, I stood there in 1974 in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and watched a refrigerator levitate, and I was with police officers and firefighters at the time. So, uh, got your attention. Yes, it did. Is there a dark side like poltergeist? Uh, some folks will see those as two different energies. Other people feel that uh, many times poltergeist activity is really mediated by a human being in some way and is, is part of psychokinetic ability. Again, very hard to study in the lab. The lab does things more with what we call micro-PK, affecting computers, affecting random number generators where they can run a good statistical readout and in those studies the summary studies show uh, this is a true a billion to one by chance so uh, but when you get into refrigerators moving that's such a unique event it would be hard to study in a lab so what is the actual process of uh, psychokinesis well it's uh, not fully understood Uh, the it seems like one has 
a great deal of energy and then a thought that directs that energy in a particular direction. Uh, it might be the same kind of energy that allows a, a woman to lift the car off her child if it was on her, her child. Another time it might be, um, you know, I would like this metal to bend. And uh, there's this uh, formulation of high energy, then an intention is set uh, for what you want to happen. And then a very important component is often the letting go. It's uh, If you just keep pushing or trying, this doesn't work because it's, I think, a natural phenomena, much like going to sleep is natural. You set an intent, and then you let go of the intent and think about your day or whatever, and you fall asleep. But if somebody said to you, I'll give you a million dollars to fall asleep in the next 20 minutes, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to, you know, because now a natural thing has become uh, effortful. And so you have to get out of your own way in psychokinesis. So you, you mentioned energy. Could you, you talk a little more about that? Sure. The uh, the word energy is kind of abstract, um, and it should be in this because it could be almost any kind of energy. Uh, but let's take, for example, if you filled your emotional body with great feelings of love, gratitude, uh, praise, abundance, uh, all kinds of really positive energies, and then you wanted to manifest something like a jackpot on a slot machine in Vegas, it's likely that it could come in. Uh, and perhaps you might even have a goal like a royal flush in hearts. Uh, we know that's 160,000 to one by chance. That's the ace, king, queen, jack, ten of hearts. And uh, in fact, I did that. I set that intent and on third poll got the royal flush in hearts. Um, so what you see in there, it's helpful for me to feel it's possible. It's helpful for me to be in very positive energy. It's helpful for me to have a very clear goal and then let go and let God, if you will, let go and and say this or something better. So why the term energy? If it's if it's some sort of um, feeling or visualization, why use the uh, uh, word energy? And if, it's if, a term that's thrown around so yeah, easily so, in the paranormal. Yeah. Realm. So yeah. so what what makes this any different well, than saying someone saying, "Hey, I got a lot of energy from eating this candy bar." Right. That'd be a different kind of energy. At least for me, I'd be real jangly. Mm. <laughs> uh, we're looking for, you know, to define it more uh, specifically, to first be very grounded, meaning attached to the earth, wanting to be here on the planet and here in the present moment. So if you're thinking about the past, worrying about the future, you're not uh, fully here. You need to be here solidly and then... Uh, with that energy, combine it to with our, our energies of spirit or heart, um, breaking that down again. That usually is felt like um, uh, a beautiful emotional state. You can do this out of anger uh, or something like that, but it tends to be weaker, harder for you to be consistent, and it's not very positive for you, you know, long range. So we focus on generating. I hate to use that word again, uh, a very positive emotional field or energy field. Yeah, it's funny. The way you describe this is it comes across as very new agey and a little syrupy. But you know, I can really attest that there is a, a down to earth, practical, day to day a reality to that. You know, and, and uh, speaking to our hard headed New England audience here. You know, yeah. So if we wanted to get more dry or scientific, they will uh, talk about. There's a book called The PK Zone. She summarizes all the literature. 
and says that basically they do feel an ACS is necessary, an altered state of consciousness, mm. because they're wanting you to move out of an ego identification into something larger than yourself. Uh, and um, and with that, it seems like it flows, because again, self-consciousness, greed, fear, um, tension of any kind is a killer to this. So that's one of the reasons it makes it tough to replicate in a lab, because there's usually a lot of performance anxiety. You know, somebody has spent a half a million dollars on this experiment, and now go ahead and perform. Uh, but some people are able to. Uh, I was able to in a laboratory uh, perform fairly well, probably before I even knew how uh, hard it was to do it. Um, and uh, it does feel. I use the word energy because it feels like that. You're generating a lot of uh, juice versus if you are flat, tired, in your head, uh, those kind of situations. Um, and, you know, very strong skepticism also can be a killer because, you know, you're just, uh, you're not participating in it, you're trying to observe it. And this uh, requires being participatory. Later you can analyze and go, huh, that that is the highest uh, quality on night of silverware. I cannot touch and bend it at all with physical strength, and here it is bent into a loop. Or, huh, I got root growth at an inch and a half in my hand. But why it's happening, you got to be more in um, a place where the mind is not in an evaluative role. And one of the great ways to get out of ego is to move into your heart. So that's why where this idea of heart energy comes in. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the re the reason I ask is because if if any sort of um, intelligent conversation must be made, one must define one's terms. Yeah. If if you see where I'm I'm going sure. with this. So. Sure. You teach people how to do this um, in influencing dice and slot machines. So would you consider that illegal or at least immoral? <laughs> Neither. Um, the First of all, it's not a slam dunk done deal by the, the things I've mentioned. So right. I've done <clears throat> 70 InterVegas Adventure workshops. Uh, a typical rhythm would be... Um, we get together, we learn about psychokinesis, we learn about the game, and we begin to meditate, raise that, quote, energy, that bad word again. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when we go down for the first session, we have tables reserved, uh, people are trying to learn a new game that has lots of left-brain rules and at the same time be in a deep meditative state with this energy flowing. Usually results in what we call a few seeds planted. Uh, in the second session, we might break even. Third session, win a little bit. It's a training environment. Uh, so the casino doesn't get killed. We're not trying to kill them. Uh, we're using very small amounts of money so because it really helps people pay attention. PK is results-driven. And so if we begin to be successful and say, <clears throat> excuse me, roll nine nines in a row, we know that the odds of that by chance, uh, and we do get rewarded with money, which increases the energy. So uh, I don't think they have to worry about us killing us. So killing them. So a good house will let players win. It's good for everybody. Uh, so it is both legal and I think it's moral. Well, let me give you kind of a fun example of something that happened to me that kind of matches up with what you said. It was uh, some years ago, and I was at the uh, the Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut near here, which was is the big one, or was the big one around here, maybe still is, I don't know. I'm not a gambler. Uh -huh. The only reason I was there was for a conference, because I don't, these places kind of, 
creeped me out. I don't, I don't really. But I was in there. It was early in the morning. I'd never been in any of the casino areas of the place, uh, the table games. So I, and so I kind of wandered in there early in the morning. There were a couple of people around. And the only thing I know anything at all about is a little bit about poker. Yeah. Okay? So I went up to the poker table. And I just put down a couple of bucks, you know, and the, the guy's dealing me flushes, and, and I had just meditated. I was in, uh-huh. a, I was in a very, you know, kind of very uh, blissful state, not blissful, but you know what I mean, just what you described. Yeah. And the guy's dealing me flushes, and, and in like five minutes, I won like, you know, a hundred and something bucks. Wonderful. And, um, you know, the, the guy came down from the, wherever the uh, perch was, oh, can, you know, the, the, it was like out of a movie, can we do anything for you? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, show me how to get out of here. So I... Um, yeah, I took the money and ran, and the the, uh, the, the cashier said, boy, if everybody did this, uh, we'd be fried, you know, something worse to that effect. Yeah. And I never went, I haven't been back, because uh-huh. uh, I just don't like that. I, but I, but I, I was in a very positive state, and uh, whether there was a connection, I don't know, but it certainly, certainly kind of uh, matches up with what you said. It seems to be, uh, somebody read my book, Inner Vegas, uh, and it's got the story of how this got go- going, uh, and uh, in psychokinesis, using Vegas as a laboratory and then a classroom for other people, uh, moving in and through the book. So they read the book, and they went to a casino and just observed. And there was this a lady playing at a slot machine, and she seemed in really positive energy, grateful, happy. And he watched her win 12500 on a penny machine and won jackpot. Maybe I wow. should go back. So, yeah. so he went home that night and he uh, read the book a little more carefully and came down and played those same machines that same bank of machines that she did the day before and he also won 12500 and the odds of that get pretty pretty amazing uh so over all of these 20 years plus of doing this um you know on a science basis you begin to pile up more and more data the general mainstream scientists, if you can call them mainstream, that study this, when they summarize all the data for PK, it's at about a billion to one by chance or even greater. Hmm. And same for remote viewing. Um, there's a real good book um, that, that I like to refer to if people say, ah, how could that be? Scientists don't believe this. It's a book called Science and Psychic Phenomena, The Fall of the House of Skeptics by Chris Carter. And it gives a really good description of the power politics behind the skeptics. I've known some of them personally, and they um, kind of coalesce together, and they refuse to look at any data, and they refuse to do any experiments themselves. Oh, and I've seen pro- that too. Yeah, that's why yeah, I they proclaim it's bunk, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and the data is pretty overwhelming if you look at it with any objectivity at this point. I don't want to spend my time in a lab just like you don't like casinos. Uh, you know, because to do it well, it's very tedious. Mm. But what I can see is when you run through so many workshops in so many years, uh, you begin to see that there has to be something to do to this. Uh, the casinos keep computer records for people's play, and I can get a statement at the end of the year from them, and I can see uh, over an entire year time with many you know times playing, I'm ahead. Statistically, that shouldn't be. You know, you can have a lucky afternoon. You can yeah. have a lucky day. But when you see people who have won for 20 years, uh, one fellow I know um, made about 200000 a year in gaming uh, for 20 years straight, put three girls through college. Uh, that, <laughs> now you tell me. Ben's, uh, Ben's yeah. in his senior year. Yeah, That would have been easier. My dad yeah. had two daughters graduate uh, this, this month, so um, 
Finally out of the tuition. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah on the issue of, um, I suppose you could call it control of this sort of thing, we, we uh, had a guest some several years ago who was an expert in spoon bending. Okay, We usually don't get okay. into that too much because we try to be more cerebral. However... Uh-huh. She uh, she teaches classes, among other things, and wrote a book about, among other things, the art of spoon bending. Now, I can't believe there are that many people who want to contort their cutlery, but apparently there are. Yes. So I figured, I, well, let me try this, right? So I was at my desk in my, uh, carry on my mole-like existence at home in our in my basement <laughs> office and library and where, you know, sort of our lair, and um, I had a spoon in front of me, and I didn't let my wife see that I was doing this. And, and uh, yeah, nothing happened. I did exactly what she said. No, spent about 15 minutes on it, nothing happened. Well, I said I put it aside and went on to something else. All of a sudden, my printer wouldn't work, one of my printers. Uh-huh. And I got up and I looked inside, and there was a huge safety pin. And the kind of thing you do is for maybe, I don't know, a diaper or something like that. And it was in the inner workings of the printer. There's nowhere it could have come from. The printer was up by the ceiling, really, because, you know, just, you know, the stuff is piled up all my office equipment and uh we didn't even have anything like that in the house and i said my i had to replace the printer <laughs> so i mean what, what, what do you make of that i mean if indeed that was something weird uh what say you i would certify that as weird you know uh, yeah. you never know uh, uh so i don't know what happened so there. would i airport this thing or what but it can be you know you had set intention and it had to go somewhere um I thought spoon bending probably was fake. I, uh, I know a close light of hand magician can do, you know, with close hand magic can do just about anything. Uh, so as a scientist, I, I dismissed that. There wasn't much done in science labs with it. But finally, a friend of mine that I really trusted said, no, this is real. And, uh, she had actually helped host Yuri Geller a long time ago. Uh, and so, I tried and had no luck, and as I was holding the thing for the tenth time, a person that's very good at it just came behind me and gently put his hand on the back of my heart area. And dang, the thing got soft and warm, and it bent. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so then I thought, hmm, this might be possible. I still had a hard time doing it on my own for a while Hmm. until I was leading a group, and the person that did this moon-bending demonstration uh, Lori Monroe, actually, Bob Monroe's uh, uh, daughter. Uh, Bob Monroe being be... the founder of the Monroe Institute. Yeah. yeah, okay. She said, oh, I can't be there tonight, Joe, you do it. And uh, I was really sweating it. But when it got to that point with everybody staring at me, again, it bent really easily. Hmm. So at this point, it's a known for me. If you pick out the silverware, you hold it in your hand, you feel the difference. There are uh, There is a book now by two physicists called The Metal Benders, uh, it shows pictures uh, of the metal under electron microscope, mm-hmm. and it looks different than if you bent it by force. Mm-hmm. That's and I right. had a metallurgist look at the, some of the stuff I have, and they say it's physically impossible. You'd have to heat this to 10,000 degrees, or else it would just snap. And if you heated it, it would show stress marks from the heating. So uh, it's a great tool for people um, to say, hmm, maybe I have more power than I think I do, because it's the same energy as for energy healing or manifesting. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so when people come to workshops, first they say, gee, I'm going to be, I'm afraid I'm going to be the only one that won't be able to bend the spoon. If you ask deeper, they're afraid they will be able to, because that would change their belief systems, their feeling about the nature of reality. 
So it's a good, uh, good little exercise to try with proper preparation. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of the nature of re- well, next time I'll do, put the printer in a different room. Yeah. Um, speaking of the nature of reality, one of the things that occurred to me after watching a number of after, after being a num- involved in several kind of interesting poltergeist cases, especially that one with all the, the cops and firefighters who were looking at it with me, was that maybe uh, this. You know, who's doing this or what's doing it? Maybe it was a group thing, maybe a unconscious concentration, but I tended to think that it's, it's like um, when you run down the hallway and you stir up air without really int- intending to do so and papers will fly off a table or something like that or flowers will move in a vase, that kind of thing. And it wasn't intentional, but something it was, it was a byproduct of your movement, your use yeah. of, of energy, so to speak. And uh, in this case... With the refrigerator, there were a number of entities. It was difficult to deny, but everybody thinks that poltergeists will... I know, I know that's not necessarily your field, but I just wanted to get your idea here. Poltergeists will throw, will lift the refrigerator or, will th- or threw the girl across the room or did this or did that. And in some cases, maybe. In other cases, I wonder if it wasn't the... Um, if you want to call, say the multiversal circumstances or energies that are in play when that these things are manifest. That's how I'd put it. That we're actually doing the uh, the, the psychokinesis in, in this this case, yes. RSPKs, it's called, and they recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. It's what parapsychologists yeah. call this. So I'm wondering if uh, it was actually intentional by anyone, or just um, sort of the byproduct of the um, apparent manipulation of space and time that, that can seem to be occurring when world boundaries cross in the quantum physics sense. You, you, you follow yeah. me? Yes, I do, and and I'd agree that. Uh it's really hard to determine, you know, what I can say, uh, because the poltergeist is not my specialty, but sure. I've seen, I've seen some things and had some experience and heard plenty from others, is um, not to underestimate the power of an individual. One of my daughters, when she was uh, pre-puberty, which is famous for time for activity in this area, mm-hmm. um, the Internet was pretty new, and... Uh, she opened an email down our basement, uh, which has no windows, one door to the garage, and uh, the email said, I'm a dead 10-year-old girl, and if you don't forward it to everybody you know, I'll come and kill your family tonight. And it was written black, black with bloody letters. And uh, then it showed a picture of a corpse, and she came screaming up the stairs. And I went down. By the time I got down there, 10 seconds later, the room was filled with blowflies. Really? Yeah, it was pretty weird. My wife and I had to kill them each individually. They were real. I would not say that you know evil came out of the computer. I would say that email put her in such a high psychokinetic state that her fear manifested the flies. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. That's you know. very possible, yeah. So when houses get going and people are freaked out about ghosts, and now there's all this fear energy and high energy floating around, I don't know how much the person does it or somebody quote from the other side. Well, I've already well, whatever other side means. Yeah. Uh, as, as I've always said, I think that uh, the people who are experiencing something like that participate in its manifestation and in, in, in kind of making it real. Doesn't mean it's not real on its own, but th- there's a certain flow of energy and a certain unity among all things. Which yeah. which leads me to something uh, which I wanted to get your comment on as well. Uh, the material from your publicist that we received is very interesting. And here's an example we'd like to know more about. 
is a quote. Uh, he, meaning you, Joe, uh, has used his discoveries to host over 60 Inner Vegas adventures, as you mentioned, yeah. where participants journey deeply into personal power. His students achieve dramatic physical and, and psychological healing, strong influence over dice and slot machines, and many marvelous manifestations in their lives at home. Um, unquote. Okay, now you have talked a little bit about that, but can you expand on what, you know, home life kind of thing? And you know, sure. Well, when we're out there in the Vegas adventure, starting there, uh, just raising the energy and stuff, we see spontaneous healings. A woman comes in second day of the workshop, pain free from post polio syndrome for the first time in twenty years. Huh. Uh, many of those things. When we focus specifically for healing, we've had things like somebody whose uh, nails were all yellowed with foot fungus, wake up the next day completely clear nails. Uh, when folks leave Vegas, basically the dice table is a classical conditioning situation. You know, when you treat a dog, train a dog to sit, you tell him sit and you give him a treat, right? Mm -hmm. And if he did something wrong, maybe you give him a little bit of no-no. So at the dice table, if you're in wide open heart energy, one with all, connected to spirit, connected to ground, as we've mentioned, you tend to be rewarded within seconds with money. If you go into greed, fear, ego, you tend to be punished by withdrawal of money or chips. Mm. So very quickly, it's a feedback system to train you to be living in a more enlightened way because most of us would like to live happy, expanded, heart-opened, grounded. And so when people leave there and go home, uh, often even on the way home, they get free upgrades to first class. They might meet their soulmate, get home, have all kinds of new business things going on. And uh, then we have a home study course you mentioned, Sync Creation, that goes into a lot more detail. And a new CD called Liquid Luck that tries to summarize all this into a 30-minute meditation. And when that came out within the first week, I've had uh, you know people selling the house after it had been on the market for months within an hour of listening. Uh, one lady had looked for 70 years for a four-leaf clover found one the next day after listening, <laughs> um, folks winning lottery tickets, uh, a disabled person was given free tuition to a, a course he thought he could use to retrain. Um, one of my favorite guys uh, is an inventor out in California, and his business wasn't doing too well. He listened to Liquid Luck and got 400 orders for product the next day and got filled with new inventions. Well, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, actually, we're we're going to take of, our break. Uh, yeah. that, but we'll come back and talk more about this. And Folks, if we ask you to stay with us, don't head for uh, Foxwoods uh, or Twin River just yet uh, to hear the rest of the show. So this is Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with our interesting guest, Joe Gallenberger. So stick with us. The Extra Point Afternoons on ON 1240 Radio, bringing you local interviews, stories, and opinions on the local athletes with none other than radio great Lou Mandeville. Yes, that's me. Afternoons Monday through Friday on ON 1240. Before we just get back to our guest, I wanted to let you know about the charities, a number of charities Ben and I have adopted. You can find all of them at BehindTheParanormal.com, our show website, or NewEnglandGhosts.com, our general ordinary website for Ben and myself. 
And uh, certainly, I wanted to point out usacares.org, the great stuff financially for uh, our, our troops and their families. Also, locally, buildershelpingheroes.com, a project of the Rhode Island Builders Association. They just built a great house all last year for a uh, Marine veteran in Burlville, Rhode Island, right in our listening area. Check that out, buildershelpingheroes.org. And also up north, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, our friend uh, Mr. Blaze in Ontario has started that, Mike Blaze. And it's a great uh, advocacy group for Canadian veterans who, as you know, have been by our side all along in Afghanistan. Uh, recently, they recently ended their mission there, but uh, there are a lot of great folks lost a lot of troops up there and uh, great people, and we want to support them too. So check all those out at our website. Okay, let's get back uh, to Dr. Joe Gallenberger, who uh, we, we're talking about psychokinesis, or kinesis, whatever you want to pronounce it, the movement of objects by uh, non-physical means, and uh, we've been talking a lot about how you can influence slot machines, things of that kind with, with this. Um, but let's just stick uh, kind of more philosophically here. Uh, ben, did you have any question before I move on to my own? Uh, I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, Joe, here's another quote about your book. And, and, and before I even get into that, uh, let's give you a chance to, to talk about your book and your websites and where people can find out more about you and where they can get the book. Sure. Uh, well, Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health is the name of the book. Um, if you type in Inner Vegas on Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble Kindle, uh, it'll come up there. You can go to my website, innervegas.com, and also get there. Uh, as well as that'll take you to the general website with the Vegas Adventure Workshops we've mentioned uh, with the Liquid Lux CD and things like that. So probably the easiest way is if you can remember Inner Vegas and innervegas.com. Um, the book, again, was uh, my attempt at really uh, describing my journey through all of this, uh, discovering, hmm, this might be possible. Well, I got it started with the energy healing part, but when somebody's headache goes away, you don't know if you did it, they did it, it was going to go away anyway. It's kind of fuzzy scientifically. And then finding that to be the same energy as what's used in psychokinesis, then that intrigued me. It could be studied. So I went to major university and did some psychokinesis uh, experiments there, then went to Vegas to try to get a black belt in it, if you will, to really understand it deeply, and uh, began teaching, as I mentioned, I then took that kind of information and went up to Monroe Institute uh, and developed the program there for them called uh, MC Squared or Manifestation Creation Squared, and now a home study version of that. So the website's pretty good. It's got a lot of tips that I would look at before going to that casino that yeah. I mentioned people would go to. Um, and the book, I think, will give you a real good broad overview of this. Okay. All right. Now, we've talked about some of the items that I'm touching on in the next question, but um, let, me, let me give you another quote from the material that we received. Uh, the book takes us on a wild ride into w the world of psychokinesis where mind energy, energized by the heart influences matter. Well, you talked about that already. Inner Vegas will surprise you as it reveals what is possible when we apply intention and heart-centered energy to mold reality to our desires. Okay. Remember that. And it will show you how to tame the dragons that you may encounter along the way. I find that fascinating, and I'll tell you why. Philosophically, we are, I suppose, voices crying in the wilderness. One of the things that, 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 that drives me kind of crazy about the Western approach to the paranormal in general and to the 
uh, I suppose, the world of the psychic and uh, mediums in particular, is the what we call the island theory. Effectively, that each of us, you know, because our particular point of view is based on materialism and uh, what you see is what you get, our view is that we are essentially islands separated from each other. Physically, everything is contained within our bodies and minds, however you may define that. Uh, there is maybe a notion of the soul, but nobody, a lot of people don't really have a clear idea what that means. And essentially that we are, I suppose, leaves without the tree. You're all separated from each other. Whereas we've, in our experience of the paranormal, which has a lot of Eastern influences to it, I suppose, we are not islands. We are one great unity, sort of like, as I suppose, a string of, of holiday lights. You might want to look at it that way. All the bulbs are separate, but they have the same energy and all this business. Mm -hmm. sure. So one of the things philosophically that I get from this, and whether you intend it or not, that I get from this particular quote uh, mold reality to our desires. From our point of view, that only works really and works well when you do it in a group, hopefully as a species, you know, to bring the positive energy to bear all of us together and then mold stuff. Whereas if everybody's out trying to, uh, uh, the, the, buzz word, the buzz term create your own reality is common in the new age kind of thing. Yeah. So you see what I'm getting at, the dichotomy between the individual trying to do stuff on their own and everybody trying to do constructive things together. Sure. I mean, so, so what say you on that? Well, where I come down on that would be um, an individual, if, particularly if they get their act together, which does involve moving out of ego and to me does involve an awareness that we are a unity. Uh, can have considerable Ill, uh, influence. So I had one fellow come through, his family are farmers. He was able to raise a nitrogen content in the soil with PK measurable on, on pH tests um, or a nitrogen test. Um, that said, if you get coherence within a larger group, it becomes much more powerful. But the coherence is no easy thing to do. If you've ever tried to have 18 people order a pizza, for example, <laughs> just getting them yeah. to agree is not easy. So say in that Inner Vegas Adventure Workshop, we have 18 people, and we spend a good deal of time uh, linking our hearts together, getting the coherence of feeling uh, oneness with each other, and then form a single intent. Um, and uh, and then the, the group effect can be very strong. But you have to have that coherence. So most of the psychokinesis labs will show one person can be powerful, let's say, at X. If you have two people who are simpatico, very coherent with each other, it might be four times X. If they're in conflict, you get nothing. Uh, so I think um, most of the people in this psychokinesis area would go with the quantum physics definition of reality rather than individual isolated and uh, would be very compatible with what you're saying. Okay, well, I, I get that. But, and, yeah. and again, that's that sort of, uh, you might have an individual intent, like to go to Paris, uh, but then you, you know, almost that's like we're particle and wave, like light. Yeah. Both. And so as particle, you have an intention, I'm going to go to Paris. Then you move into the wave function where you're in unity with the phrase, this or something better, and not only for my benefit, but for the benefit of all. When you do that, you move into that unity a little bit. And then, for example, in that situation, I got an offer by the end of the day to do a workshop in France. And then I thought, gee, it'd be nice to have first-class round-trip tickets for free for my wife. That'd be romantic. Had those by the end of the day. 
and I went over, and uh, it resulted in many workshops I didn't anticipate in other countries, including helping heal in Germany some of the Holocaust uh, ramifications. Wow. And that's that part of this or something better. You put yourself out there into that universal flow uh, to be used uh, for great benefit for them, but also include yourself. I'm going to work on that because I have to go to London in October. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So is this sort of a... Could it be an unconscious um, use of PK? Uh, sure. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, of, of an example of this because it's not like most people have like a conscious like effort of like doing this stuff. And sometimes people just, I mean, yeah, most of us, you know, are so mixed in our intention. Uh, we might have sixty uh, percent desire for something and forty percent fear, and it usually doesn't go anywhere. But I'll give you an example of unconscious. I was going through a divorce uh, more than two decades ago, and everything in my house started breaking, the lawnmower, the dishwasher, the whatever. <laughs> and then I realized I was thinking broken home in a highly agitated state, and I changed my thinking to building a new life, and the breakage stopped, and half of the things repaired themselves. So you can get uh, spontaneous negative or positive uh, coming about and uh, of course my work is to make it a lot more conscious for people both what they need to do to get it to be positive yeah well could this be the the origin of luck sure i think you know there's been definitions of luck equaling uh opportunity meets preparation i think there is a place for genuine quote grace coming in um and uh if you know we you mentioned in that quote dragons for most people, the biggest dragon is fear. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a phrase on my wall that says, fear is expensive, love is priceless, choose wisely. Mm. When the fear is high, it's very hard to do like the movie The Secret, you know, says, just visualize, you know. Uh, and that's where most people go off track. It's not being undeserving or untalented. It's just there's too much fear. And... Mm. Uh, and when things are important, there's often it's natural to have some fear. You know, I've been out of work for a couple of years. I want a job. My health is bad. I want to get healthy. My relationships have been very painful. I but I don't want to be alone. I want somebody with me. All of those, there'd be a lot of fear in there, right? Yeah. And uh, you need to have good ways to really wash that out. The uh, deep meditative states with uh, Hemisync from Monroe Institute are a great way to do that. Well, I had noticed that uh, certainly it lines up with, with uh, my experience with poltergeist that you uh, you have the, the more negative the energy. I mean, in my personal exp opinion, it, it, it's not just the person producing, but the, the people are producing food for entities we refer to as parasites, which is outside the purview okay. of our discussion right now. Sure. That's what I've seen. But all kinds of PK does take place, and it, uh, whether it's the, 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 the critter or us, that's, that's a question, as we discussed. Mm -hmm. What about the Hutchison effect? Have you uh, looked into that at all? It uh, seems familiar, but redefine it for me. Okay, well, a fellow in Ontario named Hutchison uh, had come up in, I believe this is late 60s, early 70s, mid-70s maybe, had come up with some sort of a machine. As a matter of fact, he referred to it as the poltergeist machine. And there was a Tesla coil involved, and I don't know all the mechanics of it. I'm in touch with his son, but he hasn't been on the show yet. Uh, and th this would literally levitate objects, and there are, uh, was recorded a video uh, of these things uh, sort of jumping around and levitating and this sort of thing mm -hmm. over this machine, and it wasn't a fan, and it was, it was uh, electromagnetic, uh, but there was more to it. Yeah. And um, it, it was, uh, he, he believed it duplicated 
the PK phenomenon. All right. mm-hmm. And uh, it got to the point where there were several uh, representatives of the military of both Canada and the U.S. who witnessed one of these things. But it's very difficult to, to replicate, which, as you know, is a requirement uh, that any scientist would yeah. look for. So that's essentially what, uh, what that was about. Uh, I've lost touch with it recently. However, we do intend to do a show on it soon. So I just uh, wanted to know if you had encountered that at all. It's very rare. Nobody, I don't know if anybody's doing it in any American laboratories, but it's called the Hutchison Effect. Uh-huh. And well, what we are, what we are doing now, um, again, uh, Princeton Engineering Anomalous Research Lab did years and de- I guess decades of studies on PK and concluded it's real and actually disbanded feeling it was proved. Um, there's a university now that I'm working with through Monroe Institute where we're looking at measuring is there an energy that actually gets transferred. Uh, and uh, the, it's just in pilot data form, so I, I'm not, I don't feel free to give the name of the university. But the original p- pilot data is uh, something like uh, 4,000 to 1 by chance that they're measuring an energy when this stuff goes on. Uh, sometimes it's um, an energy like when we're lighting light bulbs. Uh, he could measure voltage coming off my hands and also off of healers. Uh, they see some you know, electrical voltage coming sure, off. That's yeah. extraordinary. So we're beginning to get a little more of the smoking gun. We know the results do happen statistically way up there in one, one in a billion. Now we're seeing maybe how some of the energies. And my um, guess is uh, it might be useful to use that Hutchinson effect kind of equipment parallel to uh, what they're doing. Um, like the, these monitors that we're using as we bend metal over them or send energy to them and they jump. It'd be interesting if the Hutchinson machine was there, if they would also jump. That would be interesting. Yeah. Have you, and there, there's, I also wanted to ask you about um, unintended consequences, so maybe in the sense of my, my ruining my printer, if that's what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, Pretty sure you intended to do that. No, absolutely. Oh, maybe I wasn't... Um, you know, the, the, as positive a state as I should have been. Do you have you ever encountered with yourself or any of your students any sort of unintended consequences? You know, other what might be called paranormal activity, activity or anomalous activity, uh, other things being influenced sure. other than what you yeah. intended. And can you tell yeah, us about that? When you know, with the home study course uh, in this stuff called sync creation, people are raising their energy so high with the Vegas Adventure too that, uh, you know, when I first started this, I'd come home and the big lights on the highway would blow out and I'd get home and, you know, eight bulbs in the house would blow out. But between and Vegas so, uh, and the state, you're expensive. Yeah, you, you see, yeah, you needed to, you need to learn how to control. Usually, again, you could look at it almost as a, um, a simple formula. If uh, fear is 90% and your desire for something positive is 10, you're probably going to get fear as a prayer for what you do not want. When you get 50-50, there's all these glitches. Uh, 60-40, desire versus 40% fear. It'll start to come, but with glitches uh, and unintended consequences in other directions. When you get really clear in your goal, you're at 90 or 95% of intent and very, very little fear, maybe 10% or less fear, then it tends to really pop like that trip to uh, Paris popped in that one day. So... Um, if somebody comes to me and they're saying, I'm having a lot of this unintended, that's when I, you know, ask questions of what's their thinking like. Like, I'm thinking I'm going through a divorce and there's a broken home. Mm. That's ripe for unintended consequences. Hmm. Um, and so you can usually see in the person's uh, life how to calm down, clear up, 
let go of the negative and get focused, then usually the unintended stuff fades. Well, you know, I really relate to that because that's uh, that's how, that we don't approach it from the viewpoint of PK necessarily, but from the viewpoint of just a person's life and the negative things in it. Mm-hmm. And if it gets paranormal, they call us. You know, and, yeah. and uh, so uh, really, really does uh, does make sense. I'm thinking too of um, beyond unintended consequences. Occasionally, we've seen out of control. Okay, uh, I'm thinking of another group in Ontario. I, I don't know, everything seems to happen in Ontario with people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, um, a college group, and, and this is way back. Uh, I was I was a student myself, not at the same institution, but I was, uh, you know, aware of what was happening. They decided that they would um, make a spirit, so okay. to speak. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> they um, actually decided this is a person from this century and looks like this and this and this and this. And it got to the point, it was a woman, and it got to the point where they could communicate. with. Now, now see, they were doing some things they shouldn't do mm-hmm. from our point of view, seances and stuff like that, sort of these yeah. sledgehammer approaches to trying to communicate yeah. with something that may or may not be there. And it got to the point where they could see it, photograph it, and uh, they couldn't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And in, in Tibetan Buddhism, this might be known as a tulpa. Yeah, there's you know? a... You know, I I would stay well, well away from that. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. understatement. um, (laughs) Usually we're very naturally well protected. You know, most of us are of goodwill, you know, but if you move toward, um, uh, from an ego point of view, trying to get uh, great power to to, uh, do, quote, voodoo on somebody else or those things, then I think you do open up to... uh, Joining with energies you'd probably rather not associate with. Um, you know, again, uh, the things I'm involved in and the workshops and the book and all, you, you'll see that uh, there's a lot put, built in to have a natural project protection in terms of like attracts like, that you're in such a beautiful, positive, psychological and spiritual space that that's what gets attracted. You know, we mentioned power in a number of ways. You know, I want to remind people we got a lot of power anyway. You smile at me, I'll probably smile back at you. Mm. You know, you're nice to me in line, I might let you go ahead of me. Um, you know, um, that we're always interacting with each other on a basis of either positive or negative power and clarity or confusion of intent. This just happens to bring in the psychic area. Yeah. But we operate that way physically all day long. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, I like people, the approach. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. uh, certainly matches up with what we do. Uh, what is the next step for you in this field? Well, because Liquid Luck has been, so many stories have come in. My publisher wants me to get a book out on Liquid Luck with the stories and why it might work, like a chapter on gratitude, a chapter on uh, compassion, those things. So I'm working on that. I actually got a deadline of June 30th. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm on two book deadlines myself. Yeah. yeah. I got a new CD coming out probably in two weeks called Abundance Waterfall that's designed. Many people, when they visualize, they're looking for a specific thing like a car. This one is designed to increase the general flow of your abundance in health, wealth, relationships, whatever you want to focus on. So I'm excited about that. And um, we, you know, can, I continue to teach around the world and go out. I uh, just got back from a Vegas workshop, uh, had a lot of fun. Um, and as long as those seem to be very positive, meaningful to people, I'll go that direction. I still treat, teach about 10 weeks a year up at Monroe. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is more germane to some of the things you've talked about. They have programs, uh, 
called Lifeline, for example, that help people with transition uh, after death into spirit world and help uh, soul rescue work, those kind of things. So uh, um, that stuff is also of interest to me. Uh, sure. Uh, well, one, one thing I did want to bring up before we, because we, we're burning up the hour pretty quickly here, um, a shaman might say and has have said to me, two of them in particular, I'm thinking of one in Quebec and one in Australia, that much of what you're describing, you know, making real uh, something is, is uh, they say, well, we do that all the time. We go into other parallel worlds and we bring back or make real in this world what people need in yeah. here, you know, and uh-huh. for example, in the other world where they don't have cancer, they, 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 I suppose what a physicist might say, collapse the wave function, bring it together, mm-hmm. things of that kind of good things. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they get more than they bargain for, but usually it's pretty good. Uh, they, uh, I've even had them tell me, two of the, both of them told me they were aware of other shamans who had literally brought people back who had died here and hadn't died there and li- literally pulled them across the boundary. was not a good idea, but they remembered, mm-hmm. remembered it. So do you think that a lot of what you've been describing, from certainly a very positive point of view, we're, we're actually... Um, Using energies that are between the worlds and bringing think, worlds together? Uh, I think with energy healing and with psychokinesis both and in manifesting, we do move out of this reality into some quantum reality potential and bring, quote, if you want to use it as the word, bring back. Um, and um, there's many reasons I feel that way that would be you know complex to go into now, but I see that like jump out of regular time into more of an infinite possibility with most of these things, uh, particularly the more the things that are dramatic. Uh, so I would agree with that that uh, we're playing around between dimensions a little bit, and we're multi-dimensional creatures from my point of view. So, yeah, ours too. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think my main message in Inner Vegas and in my workshops is that we're miracle workers. Mm-hmm. We're living in a miraculous world. You know, most people um, don't even take time to appreciate the miracle of the human hand. Yeah. Uh, And that we can shape our personal futures and the world's welfare. And so if we can clear our limiting beliefs as a group and raise our heart's energy and focus it, uh, we can get lots of healing and abundance going, not only individually and for our families, but for our communities and then uh, the world. I like that. I think you've just given a perfect rendition of uh, 21st, 21st century rendition of the ancient theological definition of a miracle. It's not, you know, doing things that are magical. It's restoring something to the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I, I like I, that. I, okay, I want you give us your uh, your book one more time and your websites and sure. uh, it's uh, Inner Vegas: Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health. Available on Amazon, cheaper than I would sell it. Uh, but if you go to <laughs> I know, they web- do the same thing with my books. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to my website, innervegas.com, you can get an autographed copy there. Mm-hmm. You can also look at the home study course, the Vegas Adventure Workshops, and there's lots of uh, tips for energy healing, psychokinesis, and things like that on there. So it's an educational site uh, as well. Very good. So that works. And uh, uh, I used to live in Needham, so I'm from oh, okay. the area. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you probably got some listeners in Needham right now. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not stuck uh, in traffic. I think uh, it's a very interesting area. I hope people will explore it. I think it's important now because there's so much message of lack and fear in our culture. And we're so much much stronger than that. I thought you were talking Uh, about Needham for a minute. No, no, exploring the subject, of course. Yes, yes. Needham, no, I didn't mean to trash Needham. No, 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 but make sure you have your GPS. Yeah. Exactly. 
Well, Dr. Joseph Gallenberg, fascinating conversation. Thanks so much. We'll be talking to you again. Good. I very much enjoyed it. I hope you and your listeners all have a good evening. We sure do. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, we got a second for something that came in the email, do we? Uh, maybe, if okay. it's quick. Just very quickly. I wanted to thank a very faithful listener, Bob Croteau from Cumberland, who's uh, informing us of some very interesting news, uh, which we will touch on in our next Open Line show, which is not going to be on the 9th of June, because uh, we uh, have to have a guest that day. But anyway, past, present, and future exist all at once, and rambling secrets of quantum physics. These are articles we're going to get into. Uh, can quantum computers create se- secret codes that even NSA can't break? This is interesting stuff, and we're going to get into this. But So thank you, Bob. We're going to be, uh, we did receive your uh, email, and we're going to be uh, getting into that in future shows. Indeed. Alrighty, so... Visit our website. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, don't forget about those websites, and don't forget about that Facebook page. But our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 550 free podcasts of all of our past shows, as well as uh, shows from both uh, ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with uh, special shows and podcasts. Also check out our site at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com where you can find case studies and photos along with articles by my dad. And uh, you can find my books on Barnes & Noble. Very soon, a book by both of us coming out later this year, I hope. Yeah. Uh, find, out, find my books on Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader and Amazon Kindle, Amazon.com, etc., etc. But if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com or NewEnglandGhost.com, I will autograph them for you, and you'll help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our sites, uh, you'll find direct links, to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Also, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles. Uh, Tony LeRae, who was a guest on the show a few weeks ago, doing was, some fabulous work out there. Yeah, he's actually using, among other things, not only his tremendous uh, talent and charisma to help uh, at-risk youth, he's using ancient wisdom. Indeed. That we and, yeah, and he's having people come from all over, like looking at his program, like, wow, how are you doing this? And they're adopting Yeah, he's had people come over from the, the, the Chinese government yeah, to send people over. They sent, like, what, 30 people to observe what he does, people from Chile, where they had, I guess, the, the lowest uh, scores, academic scores in South America for a time there anyway. Mm. And, and uh, he's been helping them out, so he's doing great stuff. And uh, his uh, website is www.youthmentoring.org. I think we need to give those W's anymore. Oh, well, we could just say youthmandering.org. I mean, right. It, it does the same thing. Same with uh, behindtheparanormal.com. Right. And don't forget about our Facebook page. You can send us messages via that or uh, email paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Next Monday, May 12th, right here on WOON 1240 and onworldwide.com, we will host an open line show to catch up on the paranormal news and get into that uh, ever-growing stack of emails. So get your questions and experiences to us at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or just plain call in. Or you can go on our Facebook page. It's nice and handy-dandy. You can like it. You can send us messages that way instead of having to go through email. It, it all it all really depends on your preference. Or, of course, you can send us snail mail. For those of you who are not computer savvy, it's, uh, of course, Behind the Paranormal Radio and TV. Uh, care of WON 1240 at 985 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895, and we'll get that as well. And we, that's, I forgot about that. We do have an open line show next week. Yeah, I, I didn't know that we had an open line show either. <laughs> well, because you know, we have, uh, since CBS uh, eliminated our whole part of the network, they, did, they didn't cancel us specifically, but they eliminated our whole part of the network. 
guess a lot of the shows weren't pulling their weight. Ours not among those. Uh, we have been really have, I guess, half the slots and twice the guests, so we've had few open line shows. But you can get some stuff into us, Paul, at BehindTheParanormal.com, and uh, we'll get it on the air next week if we can. And that should be a lot of fun next week. We really enjoy those shows. Indeed. So anyway, we... Uh, uh, wanted to um, just tell you that, and uh, the Facebook page too is great. And we will be in Lemonster, Massachusetts again in the fall. That's going to uh, be not, yes. not the fall; it's going to be August. It's only a few months yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the New England UFO uh, Conference, which is great. The Stan Friedman will be there. We'll actually be speaking this year, unless uh, some someone descends from heaven as they did last year and kind <laughs> of, you know, as a uh, Travis Walton, whom we yeah, love dearly. Exactly. Uh, but we may wait for him so he could speak. Uh, however, this year we should be on, on the docket. And also at the uh, Exeter, New Hampshire, Kiwanis UFO Festival uh, in October. That that should be a lot of fun. Indeed. Are we having Steve Romani on for, um, for the, uh, ex- uh, the Exeter UFO Festival? No, never mind. That is a different new UFO festival. Well, uh, no, no. I think we, we'll probably be doing another raffle. I just, for, there's, there's just too many festivals. For so. tickets, yeah. And uh, we, we did one for the one we were just at in uh, the... Uh, uh, Parafest in New Hampshire. But anyway, we'll, we'll give you news on all that as we go. So we leave you this evening with a thought from American author Robert Byrne. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us in our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.